0: This Advent season, I have a series called Places in the Heart. I'm trying to ground our experience of the Christmas story in those places in the land and places in our experience where we might meet Christ. So today, we're going to go to Nazareth. And Nazareth is in northern Israel. I've been there three times, and this is the place where Mary got the word from Gabriel. Let's see a picture of that uh, Church of the Annunciation. As you can see, it's a large city today. But this uh, beautiful modern structure, the Church of the Annunciation, the traditional site where the angel Gabriel visited Mary with this uh, incredible news. They have done several layers of excavation in this church. And down below, way, way down below, there is a church that comes from about the fourth century A.D. This is one of the best documented sites in the Holy Land, a place where um, Mary may have received that Annunciation. It's pretty close to there. There's a, a spring that it's still flowing there. It's a place where probably Mary drank water. Jesus drank water, because it's one of the few watering places in this region. So uh, this is downstairs, upstairs. Again, it's a modern structure and there's stained glass from just about every country in the world where uh, Christ has impacted. It's beautiful if you ever get to go there. It's it's quite a moving place. The Church of the Annunciation where good news was announced to Mary. Nazareth today is a primarily Arab city. It's made up mostly of Muslims and Christians. <laughs> it's about 80,000 population there in the region of Galilee in northern Israel. During Jesus' time, it was not a modern city. It was just a little podunk village of about uh, 400 people. They grew crops around there. Uh, The hillsides were made of soft, soft stone, and people would dig out caves for their homes there in Nazareth. To tell you what a no place it was, uh, Nazareth, it's not mentioned once in the Old Testament. An early historian named Flavius Josephus doesn't mention it. Uh, None of early Jewish literature even acknowledges the existence of Nazareth. So, some of you historical buffs, you're just digging this, but I'm going to try to make this story a little more interesting, okay? So I was wondering what would happen if this story happened in modern days. Can you use your imagination with me? And can, go, can you go with me to Nazareth, Texas? There is actually a city in the Panhandle in the northern part of Texas uh, called Nazareth. You can see where Austin is, and then you can see where Nazareth is. Don't let that star fool you. It's not a very big place, because the next slide shows you the population sign. Nazareth, Texas, population 311, latest census. So, uh, And just to give you a little more reference of where it is in relationship to where I grew up, I grew up in Littlefield, Texas. You see that big town there on Highway 385 and Highway 84, the crossroads. So it's 40-something miles uh, from, 50 miles maybe, from uh, Littlefield where I grew up in the Panhandle. So I have been to Nazareth, Texas before. Uh, It was founded in 1902 by a German Catholic priest and largely, it's been a farming community there on the High Plains for a long time. Castro County is called the semi-arid region. <laughs> uh, so, I want to tell you a little bit about the school district in Nazareth uh, because they're very proud of their 1A school. And they have uh, just about all the sports. They play football and tennis and run cross-country and track and field and uh, baseball. And... They do UIL academic events. Uh, They do that also. They have National Honor Society, FFA, 4-H. But what they're most proud of, if you go to the website, this is what you'll find out about Nazareth, Texas. They are really proud of basketball up in that area. The the boys' team are called the Swifts. They have won six statewide titles, 1A. But the girls, which are called the Swiftettes, I love that. (laughs) I am not making this up. The Swiftettes have won 19 state titles, including 2014 Division 1A, uh, uh, pardon me, 1A School Division 2 uh, State Championship. Hey, give a, give a hand for Nazareth Swiftettes, yeah? So, uh, lovely, lovely place. So, anyhow, if you can imagine, um, I'm going to become Mary in Nazareth, Texas. Can you go with me there, this bald headed 61 61-year-old guy? Can you do that for just a moment? Okay, so here's, here's my story. My mother named me Miriam. She wanted a strong name for a strong woman. Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron, who doesn't get as much play in the Bible, but equally important in the story. Miriam's three syllables, so up in the panhandle, people just call me Mary. They made it two syllables. And there's not much to do in Nazareth, Texas. <clears throat> you go to school, you go to church on Sunday. Dad's a farmer, so you work the farm. And you play basketball. My dad is a farmer, he farms dryland cotton. And uh, if you're a cotton farmer up in that part of the world, that means you're a gambler <laughs> because you never know what the weather's going to be like. You heard that verse in the Bible where it says it rains on the just and the unjust. We just wish it would rain occasionally <laughs> in the panhandle. We live a little bit out in the country on the farm. I have a boyfriend named Joe. He's a couple years older than I am, and his dad is a handyman around town, and he can pour concrete and knows how to use a trowel. And he can build you uh, fine wood uh, furniture, but he can also roof a house. Uh, he's good at plumbing just about anything. And uh, Joe is following in his father's footsteps. He's already learned how to use all of the tools. And he can use a, a bandsaw and a router and a table saw and planer. And he, he's just good with his hands. I, I, Joe and I are really close. We've, we've known each other all our lives. We've grown up together. And, uh, it's not only that we're boyfriend and girlfriend, but we're best friends, and uh, we've often talked about our plans. And um, Joe just wants to take over his dad's business uh, here in Nazareth, but I, I, I'm a good student, and I, I think I could get an academic scholarship. And I'm, and I'm a good athlete. I think I could get an, an athletic scholarship. Uh, I, I play basketball for the Swiftettes, and they, they start us young. They start us in the program back when we were in grade school, and they taught us how to, uh, to set a pick, and then, and then how to do the pick and roll, and they taught us how to rebound, and, and how to take uh, the, those set shots, and how to do layups, and how to play zone defense, and man-to-man defense, and it's just from the very early age that uh, we all learned this system here in Nazareth. And uh, I'm the number two guard. I'm the shooting guard. I don't usually bring the ball up the floor, but I have a real sweet uh, set shot, and it it just really just goes through the net a lot of times. And even though I'm a freshman, I made the the varsity team in my freshman year. As this number two guard, and I'll never forget uh, how it happened. It was um, it was on a Sunday morning, and it was after school had just let out, and and we had been to a basketball tournament. Now, I know basketball season ends in March, but it doesn't in Nazareth, Texas. We play club basketball just about year-round. And there was a, a tournament in nearby Dimmit, Texas. And and our team had done really well. We went to the finals. In fact, we won the, the game on Saturday night. And, and I, it was one of my best games ever. From the free throw line, I was five for six from the free throw line. And I hit... A, some shots from the field, and uh, I did some, uh, did some assists, passed the ball off. I had a double-double in, in that game, and it was, it was one of my best games ever. And my parents said that I could sleep in that morning. I needed to be in worship by 11 o'clock, but they said I could sleep in that morning because I'd gotten in late Saturday night from the tournament. And uh, I'll never forget, I was standing there at the refrigerator door. I was trying to figure out what I was going to have for breakfast, and it felt like I fainted. I don't know what happened, but... I. This, this voice came to me and it was like, like a vision and uh, the, the voice said something like, uh, you're going to bring life into the world. And I was all fuzzy and I go, what? And he said, you're going to bring a life into this world. And I said, I, I don't understand. And it said, you're going to have a son. And I said, but I'm not married. And, and the voice said, don't worry about it. Um, You're going to make a big impact on the world. Your son is going to bring good news into the world. People's lives are going to be changed because of you. How can this be? And then I said something like, let it be, or or, let let me be, or I I don't know, something like that. And when I kind of woke up, the refrigerator door was open, and I was lying on the floor and and I kind of shook my head and got the fuzziness out of my head, and I got some milk out and uh, got some cereal out of the cabinet and poured a bowl of cereal, and had a banana with it, and uh, showered, got dressed, and went on to worship. And and I really kind of forgot about it for, for quite a while. I mean, just this was in like June, and um, so just before my sophomore year in high school and Joe's senior year in high school. He's two years older than I was, and uh, just about the start of school, we started basketball practice, you know, and uh, I wasn't feeling very well. I had been sick in the morning and, uh, you know, I slowed down a few steps running and just wasn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And so our doctor was in Plainview, Texas, and uh, mom and I went over after school one day. We'd set an appointment and went over to the doctor and uh, he ran all the tests and uh, uh, Mom was sitting there with me, and the doctor then comes in and says, um, well, I, I know what's going on with you. Um, you're going to have a baby. And I said, what? And Mom said, more than what? <laughs> Mom said, is it Joe's? And I said, no, uh, Joe and I have never done, done anything like that. And, and she goes, well, then Who? And I said, I, well, I don't know. You, you don't know? You don't know how many boys you've been with? I said, no, no, Mom, it's not like that at all. You don't understand. I, I've, never, I've never had anything like that with a boy. And, and Mom was just all excited and, and overworked and anxious and scared, and, and I was too. And, but I was going to have a baby. I was about, oh, not quite three months pregnant, first trimester, and went back. And it was then Friday morning, the next morning, and I had to quit the basketball program. And you, you know something? You, anybody grew up in a small town here? Anybody grew up in a small town? Can see, yeah. You know what small towns are like? You know, gossip spreads faster than the speed of light. <laughs> Did you hear? Mary's quit the basketball team. She was the starting number two guard. She's not going to play this year. I wonder what's going on. Did you see that little bulge there? I wonder. Do you think she's... No, she couldn't be. She's she's such a goody-goody. She would never... I had to tell Joe, one of the first people I had to tell when I got back, Joe was hurt. He felt betrayed. He was so mad he couldn't speak. He just walked away. It was later on that he texted me and he said we're through. It's over. See, we had had plans. I mean, we knew we were too young, but we had plans for our future together. I thought that was the end. And I was going to have to go through this alone. All of those looks, you know, in little towns and you know, people people in the hallway, my classmates and all and the little whispers to one another and it was about a week later, though, that Joe texted me and said, can we meet? And we went to the Dairy Queen, and Joe was talking to me there. We were sitting in the car, and, and Joe said, uh, I'll do it. I'll marry you. I said, what, what do you mean? What, how, how can you do that? He goes, I had a dream. And it was so real, it was like a voice speaking to me, and a presence was there, and the dream said, take... Miriam, take Mary for your wife. And you're going to have a son together. And then I was able to tell Joe about what happened to me on that Sunday morning when I fainted in front of the refrigerator. And he goes, you too? Yes, I said. And you may be wondering how God moves and how God speaks, but here's what I have found out is that God won't come to you just once. God will keep coming to you until you get it. (laughs) Until it is confirmed in your life. And Joe was a stand-up guy, and he stood by me. And we got married. Even though we were too young, we had to get our parents' permission and and everything, but, but we got married. And that little town... Small and as petty as they could be, they were also grace filled. And there were some women at the church, and they threw us not just a, a wedding shower, but they, uh, they threw a baby shower. It's almost the same time. I'll never forget one of the women gave me a book of poetry. Poetry. <laughs> Have you ever done this? You just opened a book, and the book open exactly to the message that you had. Sometimes it's the Bible, you'll do that. And, uh, but I opened this book of poetry and it opened to, for a mother to be, amazing. And it was for me. It was, again, a confirmation that I was right in the center of God's will. Nothing could have prepared your heart to open like this. From beyond the skies and the stars, this echo arrived inside you and started to pulse with life, each beat, a tiny act of growth, traversing all our ancient shapes on its way home to itself. Once it began, you were no longer your own, a new, more courageous you, offering itself in a new way to a presence you can sense, but you have not seen or known. It has made you feel alone in a way you never knew before. Everyone else sees only from the outside what you feel and feed with every fiber of your being. Never have you traveled farther inward where words and thoughts become half-light, unable to reach the fund of brightness, strengthening inside the night of your womb. Like some primeval moon, your soul brightens the tides of essence that flow to your child. You know your life has changed forever." (laughs) For in all the days and years to come, distance will never be able to cut you off from the one you now carry for nine months under your heart. May you be blessed with quiet confidence that destiny will guide you and mind you. May the emerging spirit of your child imbibe encouragement and joy from the continuous music of your heart so that it can grow with ease, expectant of wonder and welcome when its form is fully filled And it makes its journey out to see you and settle at last, relieved and glad in your arms. And so the year progressed, and it became March. And the Swiftettes were going to the state finals again in Austin. And even though I was far along in my pregnancy, I wasn't due for another couple of weeks. So I traveled from Nazareth to Austin to the 1A Championships, Division II. And we lost. The person who took my place wasn't as good as I was going to be. And that was heartbreaking. But the whole town was there, and we all rallied around. Being number two in the whole state's not that bad. And after the game was over, we drove up I-35, and uh, our hotel was a little cheaper since it was a little further away from the drum. and. Uh, we're out actually towards uh, Pflugerville, Round Rock, and... Boy, the traffic was bad on I-35. <laughs> we tried to check into our motel, and uh, there was some confusion. The guy behind the desk says, uh, I'm sorry, but we don't have a record of, of you here. And, and all day long, I'd been having these pangs, and I just didn't feel very well, like I was going to throw up or something. And, and uh, there, standing at the desk while they were trying to straighten all this out, my water broke. And they, someone said, call 911, and they called 911, but there had been an accident on I-35, in fact, more than one accident, and it was just a parking lot out there, and EMS wasn't going to arrive, and there was no room in the motel, and, and the, 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 the guy behind the desk said, well, we'll take you to the, the manager's office, and I was trying to get to the manager's office, and we passed... That laundry room. You've seen them in the motels. You know you're going down the hallway and the first floor there in the laundry room and, and it was just so warm and inviting and there were all these clean sheets and towels and, and I just kind of fell back into a pile of those and, and Joe was able to deliver the baby for me and it was a boy. And we named him Joshua. Good Old Testament name, which means the Lord Saves. I'm here today to tell you that salvation comes to ordinary people from little towns and to you. That's the good news I have to share this day. Amen.